What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. Uh, I want to actually throw a bunch of scripture at you in a really quick period of time because there's something that will, uh, will never be enough for us, which is enough word, enough Bible. When I say word, I'm talking about scripture. I'm talking about the Bible. And, um, and so I've got one that we're going to get to. If you do have a Bible with you or the YouVersion Bible app on your phones, um, go ahead to the book of Joshua. It's in the, um, in the Old Testament, closer towards the beginning, the book of Joshua, chapter 1. And you can hold that place, and we'll get there. But I want to start off by just um, reading, and this is definitely not exhaustive in any way, but these are some scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, that begin to, to build that case for the power of the word in our life. So I'm just going to start reading those. If you want to take pictures or write down these references, you can feel free to do that. Um, I would encourage you, don't try to turn to each one because I'm going to go too fast, all right? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And 2 Samuel seven twenty eight says, your words are truth. Some of these are going, to be, are going to seem very simplistic, but when you put them against the backdrop of our society and culture today, you will see a, a great difference between the two. Psalm, there's actually a whole lot in Psalm 119. So if you, if you want to know, you know what, is, what is important or what's powerful, a good section to read in Scripture about knowing why the Word is so important, read Psalm 119 and just spend a whole lot of time in there. It's beautiful. These are just a few. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that's painting that picture that God's word will actually keep us from sin. You don't have to believe the lie that sin is just going to be just a normal part of your life you have to deal with. It's just always going to be there because God's word actually paints a picture that we can have victory over it. So to believe the opposite is a complete lie. Psalm 119, verse 16, I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. 119, verse 25, revive me with your word. The next one, encourage me with your word. Um, The next one, give me life through your word. These are all very positive things. And that's what the word of God does inside of us. Psalm 119, uh, verse 42 and 43, for I trust in your word. Do not snatch your word of truth from me, for your regulations are my only hope. Psalm 119, we're still there. 103, there's, there's a lot of verses in chapter 119. I'm just, you should know that. And, um, and these are just a few. 100, verse 103 um, through verse 105, it says, How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Moving right down. Did I, no, I just, I was all over the place there. Let's try that again. Are you all okay? Because I had two back to back and I want to make sure I get these. How, try that again. Read Craig. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way. I did read this. I was correct. But it was so good. <laughs> I want to re- it was so nice. I want to read it twice. Okay. 
And your word is a lamp. Y'all can repeat it with me now. Is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now I can go to the next one. Thank you. All right, uh, verse 130 and 133, the teaching of your word gives, <laughs> gives light so uh, even the simple can understand. And I, I say hallelujah for that. Um, guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. Uh, verse 160, the very essence of your words is truth. All your regulations will stand forever. I love that because the word of God doesn't just stay relevant for a season or a period in history. It's relevant yesterday, today, it will be tomorrow, just as Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Come on, you see a pattern? God knows what he's doing when he speaks. And he speaks, you know, scripture speaks to a person directly because we read scripture in the context of who it was written to, but it also speaks to us individually every single time. Um, New Testament, Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 37 says, For the word of God will never fail. Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, now the, the, the words are, are read here. That means Jesus is speaking. But even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. More blessed than who? Because right before that, somebody in the crowd, you know, a very exuberant uh, person in the crowd shouted out, uh, you know, blessed is your mother Mary, right? And, and so maybe some of y'all grew up in backgrounds where that, was, where that was a focal point. But Jesus said, yeah, my mom's great, special lady. For real. But even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Next one he said in John 17, 17, make them holy. This is, this is actually one of the coolest. This is Jesus praying to the Father for you. If, you. if you want to go into John chapter 17 and read that, it's one of the most powerful prayers. And he says, make them holy by your truth. Not your truth. The Father's truth. We're not trying to be holy by our truth and what makes sense to us, what we rationalize, what we choose to be okay with, what to, what to accept and what to leave out. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. In some of uh, Paul's letters, 2 Timothy 2, 9, and because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal, praise the Lord. By the word, uh, but the word of God cannot be chained. I love that. There, there, there's sometimes I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to try to compare to Paul in this situation uh, because it's more of a metaphor for Paul that was real. He wasn't in a metaphorical prison. He was locked up. But sometimes when you, maybe you can identify with this. Sometimes when you're standing for truth, you feel like you're being locked up in chains. But you got to know the word of God will not be chained. They can, they can chain us. They can try to chain mouths. They can try to censor. They can try to shut down. But the word of God will not be chained. 2 Timothy 4.2 and this is a challenge that Paul was giving. Preach the word of God. Somebody say, preach it. Thank you. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. The point that's being made here is that scripture is good for correction, for rebuking, for encouraging. It gives life. It leads us. It says, hey, that's not how you should do it. And it also says, hey, you're going to experience incredible life if you do things this way. That's the, the power of the word of God. And uh, one more, Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharper, uh, sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom 
we are accountable. A little side thought, it's important to know again, when we, we exist in the culture in which we exist. I mean, that's kind of like we're not existing 2,000 years ago. We're not existing 2,000 years in the future. We are alive right now, right? We're, we have to see and we have to interact with and we have to deal with where God has chosen to place us in history. And even where he has placed you in history, not just the time, but even the location. There are things that as Jesus followers and Christians that we will uh, that we will face and interact with and have to wrestle with because of even the region where God has placed us. The challenges that we will face, some of them will be unique to where we are um, as Nevadans and as living in northern Nevada specifically. But we have to understand that the same truth that God spoke from eternity past still has the exact same power and relevance in our present in new culture, in different culture, in changing, whatever it may be, the truth of God's word will continue to stand the test of time. And so the more that we try to pick and choose throughout God's truth, what we want to accept, what we want to hang on to, uh, the things that don't offend us, like, oh, that, that, I don't like that because that's kind of touching something in me. I don't think that's for today. That's not relevant. Let me push this out of the way. Or I don't want to believe in that because it's going to force me to, to put myself in a position of faith that I'm uncomfortable with. We're going to go all Thomas Jefferson in our Bible and start ripping out pages that we just don't think are relevant for today. But that's, that's a thing, actually. The Jeffersonian Bible, he removed, physically removed every miracle in Scripture because he didn't believe in the supernatural. Well, and we're like, oh, how dare he? Well, we kind of do that today. We, we see like, well, I believe in what the Bible says until you're, like, you're reading and you're like, oh, oh, no. Oh, well, we don't need that. You know, let's take that out. But the other parts are really good, really good stuff. Now, the, the challenge for us has always been there. It's not an American challenge. It's not a, it's not a you know, a 20, 21st century challenge. It's the challenge that has been there even to the beginning of time. And, I, and I'll show you that when we get into Joshua chapter 1 here in a second. But listen, this is what we got to challenge ourselves with. In, in our culture today, only 16% of Christians spend time in their Bible every week. 16%. Now, that's, that's bad and good news because it's up 4% from where it was two years ago. So I'm willing to say, hey, let's find some silver lining in this cloud, right? Like we have gone through some stuff and people are hungry. It's real. People are, people are searching. People are seeking. And we're going to have to have a responsibility that says we will be present for those who are looking for answers, but I'm telling you, when they come to you looking for answers, and the only thing that you have to give them is the same stuff that they've been chewing on their whole life, then it's not going to take, and it's not going to connect. We have to be able to articulate the truth of God's word, and we no longer can, can be okay with farming that off to, to pastors and leaders. No, like, you, you are, the scripture says that if you are in Christ, if you're a Christian, if you're a Jesus follower, you become a king and priest which means that you have a responsibility in society and you have a responsibility in the kingdom of God. And so it's not just, well, I don't know nothing about scripture. I'm sure it's all good. I don't really read my Bible. But come to church. You're like, well, didn't you say invite people to church? Because I might not have the answers, but I know a guy. Yes, I know I said that, and it's true. You're not going to have all the answers all the time, but let me, let me just kind of lower the expectation. Neither will I. Because we, we will never know God perfectly, but we can know God well. That's the beauty of God's word. Like, the, God is God. I know, boom, mind blown, right? You didn't, you didn't see that one coming. God is God. And so he, he, is, he is God. 
That means that he is limitless. That means that, that he is inexhaustible. That means that even in eternity, like sometimes I hear people talk like, man, when we get to heaven, just poof, my, head, my head's going to be unlocked and I will fully know everything. No, I don't think so because he's still God and we're still not. We will continue to be blown away at the reality of who God is. And, and so, so here's the deal. In this life, this is what God has given us to know him. And then he's given us his spirit to confirm this so that we can know him. The spirit of God will never take you into revelation that you cannot confirm with what God has given us to know him. And there's a whole lot of heresy and false teachers and false prophets, scripture calls them hucksters, that's a fun word, who are out there peddling revelation of who God is that cannot be confirmed right here. And maybe it's true. But I'm not going to put any time or any energy into trying to figure out with whether they're saying it's true or not because God has already revealed himself right here. And I haven't learned all this yet. And I won't in my entire life if I dedicate every hour of every day of my life to this. I will still never fully be able to embrace the greatness of even how God has already chosen to reveal himself through his word. Faith is only ever gonna be as strong as the truth upon which it stands. And scripture says it's impossible to please God without faith. So where's your faith being built from? Your faith is being built from the truth that you are standing on. Without truth, we cannot have trustworthy faith. Without faith, we will not obey God because obedience is the act of stepping out in faith. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We talked about that actually on Good Friday in our, the service that we had. Everyone's like, man, just sacrifice, sacrifice. Jesus was sacrificial. No, before he was sacrificial, he was obedient. It says in, 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 uh, in Philippians chapter 2, it doesn't say that he was sacrificial even to the cross. It said he was obedient even to the cross. Was it a sacrifice? Oh, yeah. The greatest one the world has ever known or ever will know. But before it was a sacrifice, it was obedience. So you might be trying to work yourself to the bone to sacrifice for the Lord and I give this and I show up here and I serve that. I'm just trying to be so sacrificial. And God would say, pause and say, that's fantastic. I love your heart, but are you even being obedient to what I'm asking you to do? Sacrifice will come from obedience, but sacrifice doesn't always mean obedience. That's important. That's something that we have to wrestle with. So, so we need the truth of God's word to fuel our faith that leads to obedience in God's word. And that will produce the life that the world will be able to look at and they'll see something that they desire that they don't have. When we're walking out in half-truths and partial truths and, 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 and we, we look, act, talk, sound like, smell like everything that they continue to be a part of in the world, yet we're the ones saying, hey, we're the light of the world, we're over here, there's hope. No, they, they have to see a distinction in the fruit that is produced in our life. And it's not just going to come from hard work, it's going to come from obedience to truth. And it's, oh, listen, it's okay to wrestle with the truth in God's word. Like, have grace for yourself. God does. Like, it's not where you just flip a switch and you're a robot, and all of a sudden I'm just, I'm just an obedient to everything. It's like, well, yeah, maybe that would be great, but you have a free will, and I have a free will, and sometimes it gets in the way, and it's jacked up, and I argue with God because his word says to do something, and I don't like it. So I wrestle with it. And I come and I go around that mountain maybe a couple of times, right? But ultimately it comes back to this, this thing that I have settled in my spirit, which you have to at some point settle in your spirit, which says, I believe 
that the word of God is truth. And even if it challenges the mess out of me, even if I feel like it punches me in the gut, I will come to a place where I say, God, I trust you. I may not understand it, but I trust you and I will obey your word. I I was raised on this mindset, which I believe is actually a very healthy place for anybody to start, which is this. God's word says it, I believe it, and that settles it. That's a good place to start, to start, do you hear me? Because you can, without teaching and and knowledge and without knowing how to study and read scripture, you can open and get a single verse and take it at face value without understanding the context and the culture and the history and even the grammar of what is being spoken and what, what it means, and you can take it out of context and you can do some really dumb stuff. That's why you need to be in church. That's why you need to be around people that know the word. That's why you need to be mentored. That's why you need to have resources and tools that show you how to read and interpret scripture. Because throughout history, we all know there's been some really dumb stuff, some really terrible stuff that has been done because somebody said they had a scripture for it. So, But at the same time, the foundation to say, the word of God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Begin to build on that. Have humility of spirit. Be teachable. Don't be, don't be arrogant. Don't be closed-minded. Be teachable. Be humble. Be smart. Allow the Holy Spirit to work on you. And from that foundation, truth will begin to build inside of you. So let's read, so let's read real quick, and then we'll uh, wrap it up here because this is going to be super fast, and I hope you're okay with that. But we're going to read through this uh, verse in, in Joshua chapter 1. And then I'm going to give you um, uh, three, literally like boom, 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 one, two, three thought from what God was speaking to Joshua and how we need to take it with us. Starting in verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them, I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given you. I love that. He says, I am giving and I have given. It's different tense there. It shows you that the same God that is behind is with you and is ahead of you. It says, from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. So the next couple of verses, I believe, speak to Josh's initial response to those first verses. Josh was like, oh, no. God, you're saying I am the one? Let me tell you, I am not the one. And God's like, no, yes, you are. He says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Here it is again. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. This is what we're talking about. Like, well, he didn't have this full, you know, Old Testament, New Testament canonized. I get that. But he had the word of God. He had what had been dictated and written at that period of time, which we actually still have today. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it um, every other week or month or so, whenever you have time to, whenever it's convenient. No, it says meditate on it day and night. 
so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, somebody say only then. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command, not a suggestion, not even just a strong encouragement. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here's what's interesting. God was audibly speaking to Joshua. And even in his audible words to Joshua, what was he telling Joshua to do? Go to the word. Think about that. We're like, God, it would be so much easier if God would just speak to me out loud. God spoke to Joshua out loud, telling him to go to the word. He didn't say, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Every day at noon, we will meet. We will have a meeting. And I will speak to you just like this. It's going to be great because no one else is going to get it like this. It's gonna, no, he said no. Every day, day and night, you meditate on the word. You meditate on the, on the inspired, infallible word of God that is anointed, that is alive, it's active, it's living, it's relevant, it's going to lead you. You can be strong, you can be courageous, not because you're the man, but because you are in the word, which is giving you truth, which will lead you, which will guide you. Yes, is God with us all the time? Yes, but God is with us and leading us when we choose to listen, obey, and follow his word. So here's the three things. Your success depends on your total obedience to God's word. God, I, yes, God wants you to be successful. And I was mind blowing. God doesn't want you to be miserable. He doesn't want you to stay depressed and guilty because of all the stuff you screwed up, because of all the things that you can't go back in your past and fix. He just wants you to meditate on how screwed up you've been. No, he wants you to be successful. He wants you to prosper. Believe it or not, that word is our prosperity gospel. The word prosper is in the gospel. It's in the Bible. God wants us to prosper. Does that mean that God wants you to go out and get into debt so that you can look prosperous? No, that's stupid. Um, does God want all, um, our pastoral staff to, to ride around in Bentleys? No, that's stupid. But God wants your life to prosper. Are you okay with that? He wants your marriage to prosper. Well, I'm not really into prosperity. You want a sucky marriage? No, you want to prosper. God wants your family to prosper. He wants your children to prosper. He wants the business ideas that he gives you. It's not your idea, and it doesn't even belong to you. It's from God. He wants it to prosper. Why? Because as you prosper, the kingdom will prosper. And you'll be able to bless other people. You'll be able to impact other people. But if you're okay with living a mediocre life that just barely gets by so that you can one day scratch through to the gates of heaven so that then everything will get great, go at it. But what God wants you to do is to prosper. Your prosperity depends on not deviating from God's word. And the last one, God's word gives us the confidence to live strong and courageous no matter what. And that's it, the word of God, that's, that's what it is today. It's being strong and courageous no matter what's ahead of us. And I speak that prophetically to our church. I speak that prophetically to your life, to anything that you may have in front of you right now. Maybe it's a medical diagnosis. Maybe it's a, 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 a situation that this week you know you have to confront, that you've been, you've been trying to buy time and avoid it all you can. You need, you need to know that God's gonna give you success. God wants to prosper you in it, but he wants to do it because he's given you truth. He's given you wisdom. He's given you knowledge. He's given you understanding. Don't do it on your own. Seek the face of God. Get in the word of God every single day. We, we can't continue to be a church that God's called us to be when 16% of us are, are casually perusing scripture once a week. 
or, or we're, we're not even, we're reading books that people are writing that come from scripture, but we're not reading scripture. I'm not saying don't read those books. Man, there's a ton of amazing, I do it. There's a ton of amazing stuff. But if it's not prima scriptura, which is a Latin term in, in history, which means it, it's this first. Scripture first, everything else comes second. And the things that come second don't get to change what we read first. If it's not complimenting what we read first, then it's time to, to keep your receipt and take it back and get your money back. Just because somebody has a big name, a big following, a big ministry, and a big church doesn't mean that everything that comes from their word is inspired. It's not. They are, infall they are fallible men and women just like I am. That's why I don't come up here and say, hey, Pastor Craig's got some ideas for you. I don't. We say, hey, it's time to open up the word. God wants to say something to us. And even then, as I preach and as I say stuff, you should probably go back and read that stuff later just to make sure I'm not making something up. You're just throwing that out there. Can I pray for you? Is that good? That was just like hot and heavy and slamming stuff around. <laughs> I have to be careful. I don't want to break this. So I have to be careful. I'm trying to be a good steward. <clears throat> what we talk about at church today, man, the Bible's important. <laughs> Scripture's important. There's no shortcut. Like we, we can't have all night prayer and fasting services and, and just waiting for the Holy Spirit to do what we don't have the discipline to do ourselves. And that, if I could sum up American Christianity in like one sentence, that's it. We are lazy and we want the Holy Spirit to do what we refuse to do ourselves. And can you imagine what would happen in the church if we would become God, passionate, God-following, uh, addicted to the word of God and still pursuing the power of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit will only illuminate what is already inside of you from truth, right? And, it can, and just imagine when the, the power of the Holy Spirit that dunamis power, that Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit coming, the Holy Spirit wasn't coming down then because they didn't know what was happening. The word told them to wait in Jerusalem and that they would receive something that the Father had promised. And then when they were obedient to the word, guess what happened? The Holy Spirit showed up. The Holy Spirit wasn't going to show up when they went wherever they wanted to go. It, it came where they were gathered together in unity, exactly where the word Jesus told them to be. And so if we can be obedient to what the word is telling us to do, where he's telling us to go, how he's asking us to be, I'm telling you, it's gonna empower the Holy Spirit like never before. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, that you are creating a hunger inside of us to know you more. We have a natural hunger for you, God, but it is you that actually even draws that out of us even more. And I pray that we would continue to grow as Christians, as Jesus followers. Lord, for those of us that are here that maybe we're not even there yet, we're, we're seeking, we're, 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 we're intrigued, we're, we're drawn to something. God, we pray that you would continue to reveal yourself to all of us, God. You know exactly where we are. You know exactly what we need as individuals. Your heart for us is greater than anything that we could ever want for ourselves or even for the people that we love the most on this planet. God, you love us so much, and I pray that you would draw us into your word, that you would show yourself in your word, that you would continue to speak to us through your word, and, Lord, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit that would illuminate and empower your word inside of us, God. Father, I pray right now for anyone here who's here today that does not know you as the Lord and the Savior of their life. Lord, I thank you that your word tells us that all we have to do to be saved and to be forgiven of our sins and given a brand new born again life as Christians is to confess that Jesus, you are God and that you rose from the dead. 
And Lord, we, we, we do that. We, we put our faith in who you are. We confess our sins. We have been sinners, but that's not our identity anymore. Father, we are brand new in you, and we thank you for your salvation. And we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen? Thank you again for joining us on the Convo Church podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.